Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Schoenemann alongside Pete Robert. Well, not really hey. alongside. Yeah, What's I'm up, not, Mac Daddy? Where you Gatlinburg. at? I'm in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and you're it, in... It, it looks cold there. Are you cold? Yes, it's freezing. It's freezing. So let me oh, share like goodness. what's happening. So I'm up on the 11th floor up on a mountain overlooking Gatlinburg Valley, right? It's like 41 degrees. I'm from Florida, so I'm a little bit cold. And down below me is a blower that's blowing right now all the leaves around. And so I could barely hear you, but I keep telling them to go some. Oh, oh, he just stopped for a second so I can hear you again. So it's all good as I freeze. And if I move around, so if anybody's watching on YouTube, and if you see me moving around a little bit, that's me trying to stay warm because I am outside right now. <laughs> so how you doing, Bob? There is I'm good. Fire. I'm outside right now too. I'm like, Pete's going to be outside. I want to be outside. So I am on my back patio and it's, it's a, it's a frigid 71 degrees here. And, wow, uh, perfect. Yeah, it's beautiful, but the sun is shining and, uh, Man, we're just having an amazing time. Uh, it's cool that we can still do the podcast, even though we're not in the same room. What the, the technology is amazing, Pete. I'm just, I love that. And it's like, you know, we could be anywhere in the world and we talk about this and, and Lord willing, we're able to do it next year and the year after is, or whenever, whatever the Lord does. But I love to go on location. We, we have the low, we have the technology to go anywhere, you know, and, and, you know, yeah. So I, I probably prefer to be in 71 degree weather though. I like cold. I really do. I like cold, but it's, it's hard to, I mean, sometimes like yesterday we're walking and down Gatlinburg and we're just, and it's freezing because the wind chill came up and it's like, no matter, I had a, I had a sweatshirt on, I had a jacket on, but it was still piercing through, you know? And like this morning it was 34 or something like degrees. And we got out to the car just to go get one of the, a million pancake breakfasts down here places and we went to and there was like ice you know thick ice on the window it's like you don't see that in florida you know no. so it was nice well talk about uh you know talk about traveling and doing on location pete we we mentioned last week in episode 108 about uh possibly going to uh egypt and jordan and yeah. israel next year we need to do podcasts from each of those places that would be awesome yep. Oh yeah. Well, we've, we've been sharing this with a number of our friends and just, diff we've, we kind of posted, I think last week on the show, yeah. I think we're going to share this a whole bunch, but I mean, if you, if you want to go with us and you have plenty of time to, to plan this, but it's June of 2024. Um, and we're, we're definitely, it seems like we're definitely going. At first we're, we were talking about, well, let's see how many people want to go. Yeah. But now that we've actually just started sharing it, we're getting a lot of people that are actually saying, hey, yeah, they would like to do it. So, but we get, we're going to go to Egypt. We're going to follow the footsteps of Moses. So we're going to see some of the, the pyramids and we're going to see some of that, you know, the Egyptianology or whatever you call it. And then we're going to go up into the Red Sea. We're going to follow kind of the path of Moses. We're going to go over into Mount Sinai. Um, we're actually going to climb the hill of Mount Sinai. So we're going to get up real early in the morning, climb up to the mountain, you know, where Moses got the Ten Commandments and uh, we'll do a call of Moses up there, you know, read a lesson scripture, you know, and, um, and then, you know, we'll see the Red Sea, we'll come back down and, um, and then from there, we'll go into Jordan, we'll see Petra, and we'll go see, you know, all of that, 
you know, and then come back into Israel and, you know, visit all the main sites in Israel. So it's going to be a phenomenal trip. I'm excited. Um, I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking my girls and it's going to be great. Hey, this is unconfirmed, but I heard a rumor that Barry is going to part the Red Sea so we can drive the bus through on dry land. <laughs> that, you know, I mean, just for that, you want to make the trip. It'll be Barry awesome. Should bring his, Barry should bring his Moses Bring his staff, staff right? Yeah. yeah. That would How be How cool hilarious. would that be? Now, again, that's not confirmed. I can't guarantee that's going to happen. I just, yeah. I heard a rumor. So I can see Barry dressing up like Moses. You know, I was, awesome. I was Moses when I was a kid. I remember <laughs> dressing up like Moses and walking around for like Halloween. And I had my big old staff and I had my beard and I was Moses and my Ten Commandments. So it was fun. So, so cool. So we're like 10 days away from Christmas. Are you ready? Have you got all your Christmas shopping done and you're good to go? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, we just started, <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, I was, every year I always think about, well, how much do, should we spend on Christmas? Right. And, and I, it's just, this is always a tug of war with me. I don't know why it's like, do I, I, I don't want to overly do it. We want to just get a few presents. You know, I mean, I've done in the past where we've gotten our kids so many things and done so much stuff, but this year I kind of struggle a little bit. I'm just like, you know what? do we really need all this stuff or does this something that we really need to do like yet? So I'm just, I think this year, and I don't know if my kids will like it, but I just feel like we're, I'm just not going to go overly. I don't know. Where are you at with all that? With, yeah, with Sammy, I'm, kind and of, Sammy? I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, we kind of did it. We were doing a big gift for Sammy. Um, she's going to get to go to New York city on her uh, field trip. Yeah. So fun. That's kind, of, that's kind of a big deal. And Crystal's going to go yeah. with her. So yeah. that's kind of like, that's your big gift. But uh, I, I, Honestly, I think I've got her, Crystal and I've got her one other little thing and, uh, yeah. but we're going to grandma and grandpa's house. So we know that they're going to spoil her. They always do. Yeah. So, well, that's kind of the thing. That's the thing. He's like, you think of, you know, other things. That's like, I, I don't know. It's just really hard. It's like, you want to bless your kids. You want to do a whole lot, but at the same time, it's, what are we teaching them? Right. Yep. I don't know. I mean, it's like, I know. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just kind of where I'm at, but it's definitely a balance. Yeah. You don't there. I mean, man, we, she's so spoiled already. You know, <laughs> I feel like we're not in a lot of ways we're overdoing it. So we got to be careful about that, but yeah. So her big gift is that trip to, to New York with so her, uh, awesome. with her, with her theater, her theater group. So she's really that's excited awesome. about that. Anybody that knows my little girl loves, knows that she loves to act and sing and yeah, so get to do that for a week in New York city. They're going to like, yeah four different Broadway shows That's they're going to so go cool. to they're going to get to meet the cast members of those shows and they're going to like wow. do a workshop and teach them what what wow. goes on behind the scenes so yeah it'll be it'll be awesome it's going to be it's going to be one of those epic days Pete or a few of those epic days probably even though daddy's not going to be there but it's all good so it was really funny as I told my kids I said hey each one of you including Travis you know because Travis is our our son-in-law now, but yep. um, I asked them all to send us like, you know, their wish list. So just every one of our kids, they always send us, you know, on Amazon or just all the different things they want. So we're looking through, you know, Austin and Rachel's and well, Austin sent me just one thing and it was a big thing, but he usually sends a bunch of little things. And so does Rachel. And so does Faith, so does, uh, you know, Brianna. And then I got Travis's and Travis's were like $250 for this, $300 for that, 200. I'm just like, who are you? you have not been inaugurated or learn exactly how this family works yet. I was like, Hey, you have spent some place, but anyways, that was cracking me up. So I haven't shared that with him yet. So if he listens to this before I share that with him, 
he'll get to figure out that that's not how we roll. <laughs> uh, he'll learn. He's new. It's his first. It's his first Christmas. First Robertson yeah. Christmas, right? He, he probably should have sent it to Faith first so that she can learn. She could filter um, it. Yeah, yeah, filter yeah. that. <laughs> you why know, did I just? You... Why did I just picture you as Chevy Chase? I don't know why. That all of a sudden. As what? Christmas vacation. I just pictured uh, you as Christmas vacation. Yeah, kinda. I feel like I'm freezing right now. It's cold in that movie. I'm wondering. I keep seeing you bouncing around, and either you're either cold or you got to go to the bathroom. I can't tell which. It's just it's more my legs. My upper body it seems to be okay, but my legs and my feet are really <laughs> cold. <laughs> if you guys aren't, man, you guys got to check this out on on Facebook. So hey, or if you're watching us on YouTube, that's what I meant. I said Facebook, but I meant YouTube. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube. Jet, why don't you give some comments below and tell Pete how he can how he can warm up while he's doing this podcast? Right. Would, that would be helpful. That would be that helpful. would be awesome. Well, Pete, hey, we're gonna know, we're continuing in the in the book of Matthew and kind of talking over the Christmas story from uh, from the pen and inspiration of the Holy Spirit from the pen of Matthew and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So, um, you know, if you don't have anything else pressing about, did you want to talk about why you're up in the mountains? Just getting no, away for I mean, a few yeah, days. We can't no, we can't. I just wanted to say, too, we're not only on YouTube, but we're also on Rumble. So we're, I forgot to share that. We're now on Rumble. And so um, we're going to start posting that. We've been on it for about a month now. Um, and uh, I don't know if anybody knows Rumble, but it's like I, the I don't know what Rumble is. Is it is it a video or is it podcast? Yeah, yeah. It's a YouTube, but it's called Rumble. Really? Yeah. I, so I le learn something new every day. Yeah. I would say that it's more conservative based and, and, and the reason why I think I put that on there is just my, my concern was what happens on YouTube. Cause we've been, many of our listeners don't know there there's certain topics that we've talked about where Facebook hasn't allowed us to, um, you know, promote or they would take it down and, and YouTube threatens that stuff a lot. So I just, I wanted us to have an alternative just in case that ever happened with YouTube. And so that's why we went up on Rumble. But okay. I don't know if any of our listeners listen to Rumble. But anyway, we're on Rumble. So if you look at Riot Podcast on Rumble, we'll be there. Um, and we'll, what we'll do is we'll promote it, you know, once we get up there. But yeah, right. so the reason why I'm here is I'm going to be meeting with um, some gentlemen and <clears throat> some people with natural discipleship. Many of you that have listened to uh, the show over the years have, have learned that I work with an organization called Natural Discipleship. And um, we're going to be meeting because there's going to be some transitions and some things that are taking place within that organization. And um, I would love, we've done a couple of shows about natural discipleship. We've had Joffrey Harris on the show. Um, it's, it's, um, it's something that's happening around the world that God is using and it's blowing up. And um, we have, you know, eight, nine, 10 generations of people being discipled and, you know, it's just, it's, it's going like crazy. And, um, it's just exciting to hear the testimonies and things that God is doing. And not only that, it's just the amount of people that we help. So, you, you know, it's worldwide, but, you know, in some of these, you, you know, uh, third world countries, Africa and certain ones, the natural discipleship also helps, you know, supply food. It helps supply, we, we supply um, technology, you know, we help with their phones because they're going to be doing natural discipleship. We have an app so they can use their app. Um, we're translating different languages of natural discipleship. You know, we're um, that, you know, that's one of the things. Another thing is we do is we, we supply businesses. So, I mean, it's like I was dealing with this pastor in Mwanda and he, um, 
he was, you know, he's, he's a very responsible pastor. He oversees a lot of families that are within his community and he's teaching and he's discipling people and they're discipling people. And it's just exciting. But at the same time, I was like, well, how can we help support more families there? And he says, well, I have a goat pen. And so I said, what do you mean a goat pen? So he rents out this house and it has a pen in front of it with the houses in front. And there's a bunch of goats in there. I says, well, how do you make money on that? He says, well, we dig holes and we put all the manure in the holes and then we let the holes fill up. I mean, fill up with manure. And then we, we, we dump truck it in, you know, we put it in a dump truck and we take it down to the town and we sell this manure. We also sell the milk to the restaurants. And then we also sell the baby goats to the people after they start breeding. And so I was like, wow. So it's just a really good cash flow uh, for them. They have to pay for a shepherd to live with the, the goats to protect them because a lot of theft there and so on. So anyway, so I mean, I can go on and on and on about natural discipleship, but that's the reason why we're here. Um, and uh, I'm excited. It's awesome to be able to be on the road and just meet with people, freeze a little bit, but also just, uh, you know, just to be able to but look at, we're still doing a riot podcast, right? So it's exciting. That's right. So, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, let's open up in prayer. And we'll, we'll get started. Um, All right. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to be able to serve you in this way by uh, bringing the, just doing this riot podcast. Lord, this is all about you. We uh, we want you to be glorified and honored in this and in every way. Father, we just uh, thank you for just using us to, uh, man, to just talk about you and talk about your word and go through answering questions and hopefully just building people up, making disciples, Lord. And uh, really, that's our, that's our goal is to just help uh, help people to know you better. So if, if everything we do, Lord, we want it to point to you. So we give you the show now. We ask you to bless our listeners. I ask you to keep Pete warm while he's freezing out there on the 11th floor balcony. And uh, Lord, we just, uh, man, we're just honored to be able to do this podcast today. Would you, would you bless it? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So kind of the context today you already said was in Matthew 1. Uh, I, I think, no, not, we're doing the end or Matthew two today. Yeah, we're finishing right? up Matthew one. Yeah. No, at the end. And then yeah. we, we were, I think we titled this. I, I don't, I think we're still working on the title, <laughs> but we called it why a divine birth and a homage to the King. And so, you know, it's, it's like, you know, whoever's listening to this, you're definitely going to see something or hear something. Maybe you haven't heard before, because we're going to kind of, we're going to kind of dissect this a little bit and, you know, this is a Christmas story, but we also want to give context and, and kind of make it, you know, a bigger deal. So that's kind of where we're at. So, all right, let's get going. All right. Uh, last week in episode 108, Pete, um, it was titled God's family tree is messed up. Find out why we've had some comments. So we had men's breakfast this week and we had some comments from some of the guys about the, the messed up family tree and they were sharing how theirs is messed up as well. And like, we're, we're we all relate. messed up. We're all yep. messed up. We can all relate. Right. So uh, we read last week through Matthew 1, verses 1 through 17. We unpacked Jesus's human heredity. His family members, uh, his family members in his family tree were far from perfect, just like ours. But God still chose to use their lineage to the birth of Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. In this show, we will discuss Jesus's divine heredity and just how Matthew will make it clear that Jesus's birth was way different from that of any other Jewish boy named in the genealogy of Christ. So yeah, let's, so, uh, let's, we're going to finish up. You any comments before we finish up or jump? Well, into I was just saying, I mean, just, if you look at member, um, you know, we, we talked about how there was so many other people that were probably can say that, Hey, their lineage genealogy traces back to David. 
well, how many of their genealogies actually trace back to a, an angel showing up, you know, and, and, and having a divine presence? Anyway, ooh, so that's ooh, what we're I know the answer. Today. I know the answer to that. Right. There's only one. <laughs> All right. Let's read what 18 through 25. Yeah. Um, yeah. That sounds good. All right. Now All right. the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Scandal and her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Which means God with us. Yeah. So when Joseph woke from sleep... He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Ooh, that's awesome. Want to read statement one? Or just yeah, kind of, so just let's just jump right into it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, as we mentioned in our previous episode, Matthew pointed out that Joseph did not beget Jesus in the genealogy. Rather, Joseph was the husband of Mary. Yeah, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, that's a that little cultural shift there, right? That's not yeah. a normal thing. Right. Um, whom, so husband of Mary, whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. Jesus was born of an earthly mother without the need of an earthly father. This is known as the doctrine of the virgin birth. Yeah. And so, I mean, this is a this is like we base pretty much everything on the virgin birth and the resurrection of Jesus. So those two things are kind of the core of our doctrine, um, that what we believe and what we, you know, what we stand on, that's what we base our, our faith on. But every child born into the world is a totally new creature. I mean, that's, that's, that's without, there's no argument there, right? But Jesus being eternal God in John 1, 1 existed before Mary and Joseph and also before any of his earthly ancestors. So here, Matthew is pointing out that if Jesus was just another baby, then he would not be God, period. It was necessary for him to enter this world through an earthly mother, but not to be gotten of an earthly father. I saw uh, a quote by John MacArthur. Let me read it real quick. <clears throat> Talking about this virgin birth. He said, Mary's virginity protected a great deal more than her own moral character, reputation, and the legit legitimacy of Jesus' birth. It protected the nature of the divine son of God. Jesus had to have one human parent or he could not have been human and thereby a partaker of our flesh. But he also had to have divine parentage um, of, he, of he could not have made a sinless and perfect sacrifice on our behalf. So he had to have both. If he, yeah. wasn't, if he wasn't of human, then he couldn't have been flesh. And if he wasn't of divine, he couldn't have done the sacrifice and rose from the grave on our behalf. So, I mean, that's kind of a fascinating thought, right? It's hard to wrap your head around. And, you know, maybe some things we're not supposed to completely understand or comprehend. God is, God is much bigger than we are. But, it, but I but have it, a hard time again, wrapping my mind around that. It is. It's hard. But I think it helps us to kind of cope with he's fully God and he's fully man. 
Yeah. And so, well, how do we know that? Well, he was impregnated by the Holy Spirit and he was, he was raised in a fleshly woman, you know, in, in, in uh, Mary, you know, in the flesh. And so we can see that, you know, he was kind of both. So he experienced everything that we experience, all the flesh, all the wounds, the cuts, the pains, the sorrows, the backstabbings, you know, the, the, you know, the hard labor, the efforts, everything that we go through, he went through. But at the same time, he was able to see things from a divine standpoint. And so it made him different. All right, let's move on. Miracles happen every day. And in this case, a miracle of the Holy Spirit happened. Jesus was conceived in the womb of Mary, a virgin by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, That's I, crazy. I, I, so the, the creator of the universe decides to go down and be a single cell organism, right? That's it, crazy. It's crazy. I, you know, and it's, it's hard to, I mean, seriously though, it's, it's just, it is hard to accept. I mean, it's like, you know, I've been walking with the Lord now long enough <clears throat> that I can testify that God has done some miraculous things in my life. I can testify that they weren't normal. It was supernatural. And, and I have testimony after testimony of things that God has done in my life, just showcasing his love for me him taking care of me, him getting me through, him protecting me, all the above. So I can testify to the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life because of just my, my journey with him. Yep. So here is Mary, you know, a believer, probably a Jew at the time. Um, I'm sure she believes in all of these things. And here is this presence, this angel telling her that, hey, this is what's going to happen to you. And it's not going to be anything that you do. And it's not going to be anything about you. But the Holy Spirit is uh, God has decided to separate you as a, a woman that's going to carry the Messiah into this world. I mean, it's just I can't even imagine. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. My brain can't go that route. I can't imagine what she was experiencing, what she felt. Um, it's just supernatural. But many have argued that Mary was not a virgin. Um, they say in Matthew one twenty three should be translated as a young woman and not a virgin. But the word virgin translated in this verse always means virgin and cannot be translated as young woman. And, and I talked about this in the prep is, you know, in the early days, the, the Hebrew word there was actually young woman or, or something, but it was talking in a way of young woman being not with man, right? She was a young woman, not with man. Um, when they translated it into the Septuagint, when they translated the Bible into the Greek, um, that's, they use that word virgin there because that was the only word that actually fit that, you know? And so, you know, we, I, I just would like to put that to bed, you know, that argument, but Bruce Ware said this, he said, only as the Holy spirit takes the place of the human father in Jesus conception can be, it can, can it be true that the one conceived is both fully God and fully man. Christ must be both God and man to atone for sin. But for this to occur, he must be conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of a human virgin. No one else in history of the world is conceived by the Spirit and born of a virgin mother. Therefore, Jesus alone qualifies to be a savior. So, it, you know, that kind of puts it in context that way. So, I don't know. Any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's why you help people try to fight that and try to say, well, no, she wasn't really a virgin because yeah. if, if they can win, if they can try to win that argument, it basically yeah. they're saying, you're saying that Jesus wasn't God. 
It's the same yes. people that try to argue, well, he didn't really raise from the dead. They, you know, people were seeing illusions or, you know, again, if they can if they can disprove the virgin birth or disprove the resurrection, then he's not God, you know, and I would agree with them, but they can't do either of those those two things. They can try, but it's not going to work. Yeah, they can try to spin it however they want. That's but right. another thing that we're going to talk about here is just the prophecy of this. So not only not, they can spin it, but the prophecy backs up what, what is being said here. And so right. we're going to talk about that. So let's move on. All right. Statement three. Both Mary and Joseph belong to the house of David. The Old Testament prophesies, uh, prophecies indicated that the Messiah would be born of a woman. See Genesis 3.15. Of the seed of Abraham, see Genesis 22, 18, and through the tribe of Judah, see Genesis 49, 10, and lastly, of the family of David, see 2 Samuel 7, 12, and 13. So, I mean, so here it is. So the Old Testament alone prophesied of the Messiah being born of a woman. Boom. It, it, it said it everywhere. A virgin. Genesis 3, 15, 22, 18, 49, yep. 9, 10. And then it talks about that it's going to be from the family of David, 2 Samuel 7, 12 through 13. So, I mean, how do you argue that person, you know, that's trying to person? say that she wasn't a virgin of women? You can't, I mean, it's just, there's too much context here to, to try to do that. Well, anyways, it was worth noting that Jesus is the only Jew alive who can actually prove his claims to the throne of David. So, you know, Matthew was, was taking that genealogy thing out of play here. He's just basically, ah, there's no other Jew. There's nothing that can actually prove the throne of David like this. There's that you, he alone separates himself. All of the other records were destroyed when the Romans took Jerusalem in AD 70. And I thought that was kind of fascinating because anybody that knows um, the Jewish people, they, they kept, you know, strict records of this. And so that's the reason why Matthew and then in the Luke's, you know, Luke's version of the, of this genealogy, you know, that's something that they can trace back to. We also have genealogies in the Old Testament. There's certain ranks where they always said, you know, they gave us genealogies uh, from the Old Testament. And we kept a lot of those versions. So we can kind of piece through a lot of the genealogy. But a lot of the major records were burnt uh, when the Romans took over in 87. I kind of want to read this alone. But it says the book of Genesis, um, which contains Moses' written record, John 5, 46 through 47, contains at least a dozen genealogies. And to these, the records in Chronicles, along with those from post-exilic days recorded in Ezra and Nehemiah, and the list of names are profuse. No informed person would contend the tribal lineages were never recorded uh, in written form. Uh, when Luke, an unsurpassed historian, according to Sir William uh, Ramsey, wrote his gospel account, he recorded a genealogy catalog reaching from Christ back to Adam. Where did they obtain his information? Obviously, he had the information at his disposal at that time. So he was able to be able to see those genealogies going back. So anybody that's trying to say, no, you know, because the genealogies were destroyed and we can't prove that this is true or not. Well, how did he get that to begin with? And how could we, you know, go back to some of the Old Testament genealogies and some of the things that are written and it all matches up? So that, I think that argument is, is pretty you know, weak is my thought. So any other, any other thoughts on that? Nope, I'm good. Let's move All on right. to statement four. All right. uh, to the Jewish people in that day, betroth betrothal, I can't even say it, 
Yeah, that's um, the word they use in the Bible, but it's but actually an engagement. <laughs> um, we're going to say engagement. How's that? Yeah, what does go with equivalent that? to marriage, except that the man and woman did not live together. They were called husband and wife. And at the end of the engagement period, the marriage was consummated. But what if she became pregnant during that time? What would happen? Well, that would be considered adultery. So it's, it's, I mean, we got to understand that. So Deuteronomy 22, 13 through 21 goes into that in context. Um, but what we see here is that Joseph did not punish or divorce Mary when he discovered she was with child because the Lord revealed the truth directly to Joseph. That's, it's very key that we understand that it's, it's because here's Joseph probably feeling violated. He's probably like, what in the world? How did you get pregnant? I know that it wasn't me. You know, who you've been sleeping with? Did you get raped? What right. happened? I need to know. You know, I mean, I'm sure there was so many things. And she's probably trying to explain to him, no, an angel appeared to me. And and, and he told me I was going to have some Yeah, right. He told me yeah. all these things. And he's probably like, what are you talking about, woman? You know, and so by God's grace, he sends an angel to Joseph and he tells her directly, uh, tells him directly, no, this is what's happening. And so Joseph was obedient. You know, Joseph could have not believed that too. Joseph could have, you know, just divorced her or just said, no, none with you. I don't want nothing to happen. But no, he, he, um, he, he heard the call and he listened. But all of this fulfilled the prophecy in Isaiah 7, 14. So we have to understand that. So because of what Joseph did, it helped fulfill the prophecy in Isaiah 7, 14, which says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So it's if, you know, if Joseph just blushed her off, it, the context would not have made sense there. But because he accepted her and because he believed that and he understood that, he took her in and, um, you know, the rest is history. So that's what we see today. Well, Ooh, and right? just, I think we talked about this maybe in the pre-show, but just his reaction to the situation shows that uh, they hadn't consummated the relationship. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he wouldn't have acted that way. So, all right. Yeah, and this, and again, we have to understand the Bible is being being written by eyewitnesses, so they're actually in conversation with or know the story of. It's not just people making this stuff up. This is eyewitnesses' accounts, and we have, you know, documents to the first, second centuries proving that this is true stuff. So, yeah, it was believe what it's. It was said. real journalism, right? Real journalism. Real journalism, <laughs> not fake news. <laughs> All right, before we move on to chapter two, let's consider the three names assigned to God's son. The name Jesus means savior and comes from the Hebrew name Joshua or Jehovah. Jehovah is salvation. There are many Jewish boys with this name Joshua or in the Greek Jesus, but Mary's boy was called Jesus the Christ. Yeah, so the, so the actual Hebrew is Yahshua HaMashiach. Is Say that Messiah. again, one more time. Yahshua, Yahshua HaMashiach. Wow. So that is the Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus, the, the Christ. So that's the actual word for it in Hebrew. But this word Christ means anointed, and it is in the Greek equivalent of the Messiah, the Mashiach. So if you want to say it in Hebrew, he is, is Jesus, Yahshua, the Messiah, Jesus, his human name. But Christ is his official title. And Emmanuel describes who he is, God with us. Jesus Christ is God. I, I wrote in my notes this. It's pretty fascinating. It says, Jesus name Emmanuel, meaning God with us, is saying that God is now present as man. That is his role. So think about it. Jesus doesn't come bound 
to the earth, then that now we can't say, hey, how does God, you know, he's God. How does he relate? How do we relate to God? Well, his role was now he came to be with us. So now he's with us. He's experienced the same things we, he's gone through it. We can now relate to him. We can now understand that. And he's still God. And so that's kind of a cool thing. So it's, it's, that is his role, his role as a man. So as God, Jesus was that. So thoughts. It's kind of a cool thing. Yeah, that's the understatement of the day right there. Right. God, God right? becomes a person can relate with us. That's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. I love it. Hey, your, your Hebrew is getting good. You're like, you're ready for our Israel trip, I think. <laughs> I, you know, I, when I studied Hebrew and I studied more Greek uh, in the past, but I never studied it to, to speak it. I've only studied it so I can understand what I'm studying, right? right? So I know how to study it. I know how to research it. And then when I try to say certain things out, it's, uh, it sounds funny. But I can say the Yeshua. I like Yeshua it. Hamashiach. So I can't That's get awesome. that out. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to chapter two. And uh, we'll read verses one through 12. Remember, back in episode 108 last week, we talked about what people want to see if someone calls themselves a king. They want to see that they have the proper bloodline, which we have already showed that he does. We also right. prove that Jesus's birth is a fulfillment of prophecy, and he was through a divine heredity. There's right. another thing people want to see, and this is to see who are those that pay homage to him. If he right. truly is the king, then the people will bring honor to him. Let's read and unpack the homage of the king. All right. Yeah. Can you imagine you're, you come as king, but nobody shows up and, and says you're king? Yeah. I mean, like, it'd be a little weird. Like it, nobody showed up to King Charles's inauguration. That would <laughs> just be weird. It'd All be right. weird, right? All right. Verses, uh, chapter two, verses one through 12. Uh, now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born the king of Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, uh, of Judah, and by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly, ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for, this, for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I may too come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over a place where the child was. Wow. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going Stop for in, a second. Yeah. Stop for a second. It says it rested over where the child was. Yeah. Where's that? Yeah, I don't know. Let's talk about that. I don't know. <laughs> Keep going. I mean, I, I've always assumed Bethlehem, but that's not right. what it says. It doesn't say that. that. Okay. No. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. All right. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child going into the house. Wait, that's not a major. Anyway, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary. Where, where'd you go, Pete? Don't jump. Oh, if people aren't watching on YouTube, I, they have no idea what's going on now. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, 
his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. All right. Awesome. Lots of stuff there, Pete. Yeah. I love this part. Can't wait to just talk about it. All right. All right so, state, so statement six says, first and foremost, we must confess that we know little about these men talking about the wise men. The yep. word translates wise men or magi refers to a group of scholars who studied the stars. Interesting. Their title connects them with magic, but they were probably more like astrologers. With this said, their presence in the biblical record is not is not a divine endorsement of astrology, but nope. the way that God used science to bring people to him. Yeah, I mean, it's again, astrology is is a form of God has created. And here is astrologers that are worshiping God. So it's, it doesn't matter, you know, the profession that you're in, you can study it, but still see it from God's perspective. You don't have to take it to this non-god mentality so yes. you know that's kind of what we're saying with that but god don't gave worship, them us don't worship the creation right worship the right. creation. that's all we're saying i mean that's it and so they they probably were looking at the stars or trying to understand god through that and here god shows up and reveals to them hey i'm the one that created all this stuff you know so yeah you could study it learn it but i'm the one that created it but Amen. god that gave them a special sign a miraculous star that announced the birth of the king so they they Got some way, somehow they were revealed to them that, hey, this is special. This is a big deal. They, they understood that the star led them to Jerusalem where God's prophets told them that the king would be born in Bethlehem. So these prophets were the priests, right? So these are the Sadducees, these are the uh, Pharisees during that time. These are the ones that are saying, hey, they're asking them, hey, where can we find the Messiah? Well, the Bible says in Malachi that you could find him in Bethlehem. Okay, well, thank you, you know. But here's, you know, we're going to talk about this. They didn't believe, but they, they at least pointed these astrologers, these magis, these wise men to where he was. So they went to Bethlehem and there they worshiped the Christ, the child. I wrote this uh, in my notes. I says, most likely the magi uh, knew of the writings of the prophet Daniel, who in times past had been the chief of the court, uh, chief of the court in this, as a seer in Persia. But Matthew 9, 24 through 27 includes a prophecy which gives a timeline for the birth of Messiah. Also, the Magi may have been aware of the prophets of Balaam, who was from the town of Pethel or the Euphrates River near Persia. In Numbers 24, 17, Balaam's prophecy specifically mentions a star coming out of Jacob, so out of Israel. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's prophecy. They probably have seen that. They probably have known that, um, you know, and so here's this star. And then you know, I'm thinking the Holy Spirit at that time was revealing things to them. Their eyes were open. You know, people can be uh, dark, you know, to Jesus, they, the things of God for all their life, studying or whatever. And then all of a sudden, one day, things are going to be revealed to them. And they're going to like, oh, you know, like the light bulb, we call it. The light bulb goes on. Well, here the light bulb went on and there was a star. And they're like, hey, we're supposed to go. So, all right, let's go on. Well, God can use anybody, right? Oh, yeah. It doesn't have to be believers. God can use anybody. Absolutely. All right. We do not know how many Magi uh, there were. From the three gifts listed, some people have naturally assumed that they were three kings from the Orient, though this is not certain. But when their caravan arrived in Jerusalem, there were enough of them to trouble the whole city. 
Yeah. So, I mean, there's got there's more than three. We just assumed this three because it was gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So, but there's definitely more. It was a caravan. This was a group of people that came to worship Jesus. You know, keep in mind that these men were Gentiles. From the very beginning, Jesus came to be the savior of the world and not just a certain people group. That, I mean, these are little, little nuggets that we need to pick up. Like we talked about last week, the family tree, the messed up, the women. One, they got the women in there. And two, they were all the Gentiles. So it's like, it's Jesus from the very beginning when he was telling Abraham that, you know, I'm going to bless you, you know, like the sand of the seashores, you know, it's going to be everybody. It doesn't matter. Everybody has the opportunity to come to the Lord. Well, here it is again. But from the beginning, Jesus came to be the savior of the world and a certain people group. These men were also wealthy and they were scholars, scientists in their own right. No scholarly person who follows the light of God gives them uh, can miss worshiping at the feet of Jesus. So he gives everybody an opportunity. Like you just said, uh, Bob, that doesn't matter where you're at, uh, you're in need of a savior. And if you think that you're the savior, I pray one day that God would reveal to you that you are so far from that, it's unbelievable. And, Amen. and I think that, you know, my early days when I was a youth, I mean, I thought I was the top of the world. I was so good. I was doing all this. That's what I thought, right? Oh my gosh, you know, this is amazing. But man, I praise the Lord that God revealed himself to me and I was able to see myself in the light of him. And I realized in that moment, oh my gosh, I am in desperate need of a savior. And I was able to see, and even to this day, God has helped magnify my, uh, for me to be able to see my flesh, to be able to see the sin that happens in my life. And, and it just humbles me because I recognize time and time again, uh, I, am, I am far, far away from that holiness that he, he offers. Um, so if you're a wise man and you think that you're, you're all that and you have all the money and you can figure it all out, I'm telling you, you're in desperate need if God would reveal to him, himself to you. But we know that the Magi were wise men from the east, most likely Persia, because it's talking about that. So we're just assuming maybe Iraq area, Persia, that area, um, modern day Iran. But this means the wise men traveled like 800 to 900 miles just to see the child. So that's a long trek. I mean, it wasn't that didn't just happen overnight. That took some time. You know, that probably took up to a year, I would think. You know, so there's. They didn't just say, hey, they came and then all oh, boom, they just got there. No, they had to travel there. So they had to put a lot of effort into this. Um, and so that's kind of where it's at. All right. Let's yeah, that's a, long, that's a long trip on a camel. It, it is. And we know they didn't have cars yet because they didn't get cars until Acts. And it's in the desert. You know, Acts, when they were all in one accord, you know, they were driving the Honda. Yeah. Yeah. And he was probably born. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you're too funny. He was probably born in like, uh march april time you know so the weather oh, here you go again okay you're throwing Maybe a cool. monkey wrench in everything telling people that christmas is really in march oh it is <laughs> <laughs> i think we talked about that last year on the show that's yeah. too funny yeah all right. all right statement eight in jesus in jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge uh, colossians 2 3 in him dwells all the fullness of the godly bodily uh godhead bodily did I say that right? Fullness yeah. of the Godhead bodily. And that's Colossians 2.9. Yep. When a person sees God's light and has drawn unto him, no matter where they are at their, in their life in that moment. So in that moment, they immediately recognize that they are nothing in comparison. And what I was just talking about, I remember that day that I saw Jesus for who he really was. And I was nothing. And, and that is my testimony. And I can testify to that as true. 
And, and from that moment, I was transformed by the renewing of my mind. And from that moment, I saw the light. I saw this and it changed me. And that's what took place here. So these astrologers, these people, they, they were able to see the light. They saw that this was the Messiah. He was the king. He was who to be worshipped. All of their money, all of their wealth, all of their knowledge meant nothing. And so they came to give him homage. They humbled themselves. They were submissive to the spirit. They surrendered to him in awe. They did the right thing. They humbled themselves. They bent their knee. They bowed their heads. And, and they were there. And that is what God is calling us to do. God is, God is, we need to recognize this Messiah. We need to recognize this birth and come humbly before him and come broken before him as these magis, these rich young rulers, these rich wise men, these, these influent people, they, they saw the light. And I pray that we see the light the same way, that we have the right reverence for the king as they did. Thoughts? Yeah, I just, it, it just strikes me as amazing that the, these foreigners, these wise men, these Gentiles from another land got it. But the Sadducees and the Pharisees who have all of this knowledge missed it. It just it just blows me away. The Magi were seeking the Magi were seeking the king. Herod was opposing the king and the Jewish priests in verse four were ignoring the king. These priests knew the scripture and pointed others to the Savior. That's so crazy. But they personally would not go worship him themselves. Well, it's not just them. I mean, sometimes knowledge puffs up. The Bible tells us, you know, we have too much knowledge. You know, I mean, we, we know everything, you know, and yeah. I, I've realized the more that I study, the less that I know. I think the more you get older, you realize that, too. Yep. But the more that I realize, I mean, it's like there's always somebody smarter. There's always somebody that knows more in, in or at least in that subject or in that moment or that time. And I've realized that, well, God knows everything. And so if I'm constantly learning that today, just imagine how much more God knows. And it's like, who are we? We're just a little smudge, man. I mean, geez. And God is mindful of us and God loves us. I mean, gosh. Amazing. It's amazing. Mind blowing. All right. Well, it, it's no surprise that Herod tries to kill Jesus for Herod alone wanted to bear title king of the Jews. There was also another reason why, because Herod was not a full-blooded Jew. He was actually, and help me with this word, he was actually an Idumean. Yeah, Idumean? It, I, you said it as best as I could. Indumian, okay. Yeah. A descendant of Esau. This yeah, is Jacob a, and Esau. There mean. you go. Right. This is the picture of the old struggle be between Esau and Jacob that began even before the boys were born. Yeah. Uh, see Genesis 25, 19 through 34. What a crazy yeah. story that is. Yep. Um, it is the spiritual versus the carnal, the godly versus the worldly. Yeah, I mean, most pastors would never even pick up on this. You probably don't hear this on a Sunday morning. I mean, this is kind of the, you know, the boring stuff that you're not going to preach on a Christmas service, you know. But, you know, here it is. I mean, Herod from, you know, the tribe of, I mean, is from Esau's clan, you know, and that was the struggle way back then, you know. And, and, and another thing about Herod is the guy's a little crazy. You know, I wrote this in my notes today. <laughs> I said, you know, historians tell us that King Herod or Herod the Great, as he liked to be called, um, was cruel. He was power hungry. He was a ruler who destroyed anyone he feared was trying to topple him in his throne. He even killed several members of his own family because he thought they were plotting against him. I mean, that's this is truth. And so here's can you imagine him if that's his paranoia at this time, finding out there's another king, you know, and, and learning that. But he he knew the Old Testament. I mean, 
there's no doubt in my mind that Herod, if he's from Esau's clan, he knew a lot of these prophecies. He probably knew a lot of that's going on. He wasn't a Jew, but he knew it because it was probably during that time. So, yeah, so that's what Jesus had to come into. Yeah, here, here he is, and, and uh, he's born, and, and there's immediately opposition. There's a devil wants him dead. The devil doesn't want him alive. You know, he knows that, wait, there's something going on here. He probably, the devil doesn't understand it exactly. You know, it's like, you know, the, there's a, uh, you know, I always say it's a mosaic in the Bible, Old Testament. The mosaic is like you, all these pieces, but you can all start putting them together and you can start seeing, well, the, he probably did that to keep the devil on his toes. I don't know. But I mean, it's a mosaic all coming to light. All that prophecy is now coming to light. And Satan's like, whoa, we need to snuff this out quickly. And he probably used, you know, he's using Herod here to start that. And then that didn't stop. Just Satan constantly was trying to kill, kill Jesus throughout the whole thing. So it didn't stop. The hostility was great. So, all right, let's go on. All right. Yeah, they were quoting Micah 2, 5, 2, but they did not obey him. They were five miles from the very son of God, yet they did not see him. The Gentiles sought and found him, but the Jews did not. Crazy. So, I mean, that's that's the moral story of the gospel, right? I mean, it's like here's own people. He comes. Uh, he says long, long time ago that he's going to use his people to bring the Messiah in. He set them apart, you know, so that they would be a part of the, you know, saving the whole world from sin. And here they are five miles from him and they rejected him. And they didn't. I mean, wouldn't you have thought like, hey, we'd like to come with you. Right. Right. You know, when they thought like, hey, let's just go check this out ourselves. They didn't. I know. And it's crazy. This blows crazy. my mind. Me too. All right. And, and I mean, the same thing with us. I mean, it's like, you know, someone comes to you and, you know, they're sharing this truth with you and in your heart, you know, that there's something there, but you just reject it. Yeah. You're like, no, that just doesn't make sense in my mind. Ah, this, I can't, I can't accept that. It's the same thing. And then we just reject that. But I mean, if God is speaking to you right now, and if God is sharing truth with you today, don't reject it. Just surrender to it. Seek it. Find God. God says, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open. If something is tugging at your heart, don't reject it like this. Don't do that. This could be the, the change in your life, whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but there's something that God is saying to you. Listen to him and don't reject it. All right, let's go on. Amen. All right, last one. Matthew 2.9 indicates... That, they're, that the miraculous star that they were following was not always visible to the Magi. As they, as they started towards Bethlehem, they saw the star again, and it led them to the house where Jesus was. Yeah, by now, Joseph had moved Mary and baby from the temporary dwelling uh, where the Lord Jesus was born. I mean, he's not going to stay in the manger, right? I mean, come right. on. Right. So, I mean, the time sense. is done. The traditional major scene that assembled together the shepherds and the wise men are not true to Scripture. I, mean, I don't want to bust anybody's bubble. Yeah, it's not. No. Yeah. Since the, the Magi arrived much later. So it's probably like within a year or so, you know, so and that's why I, I made that comment when you were reading it. It's like we don't know exactly, you know, something. Like, well, did he go back to Nazareth? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, maybe it was outside of Bethlehem. I don't know. We just know that the scripture, the prophecy was uh, fulfilled when he was born in Bethlehem. We could testify to that. Um, you know, the star led them to Jerusalem. It didn't say it led them to Bethlehem. It led them to Jerusalem. Good and then point. the star appears again. And then that's where they were able to find um, where Jesus was. And so, I mean, just something to, to think about. 
you know, I, and I shared this in our prep, you know, the gold was probably there to help sustain their life for a while. So all these people came and they laid down the gold before them. You know, how did they get to Egypt when they had the flea? We're going to talk about this next week. Um, we'll go into this more detail. I'm kind of sharing a, a little bit now, but you know, they gave sneak them gold. Peak. They'd be able to, huh? A sneak peek for next week. Yeah. Yeah. So they gave them gold and frankincense. Frankincense was to worship him, you know? And so, I mean, it's, you know, the Bible says that all the, the incense are prayers of the incense into heaven. I mean, those incense were a part of royalty that were bringing incense before, you know, the throne. And then Murr was talking about death, you know, and, and, and you know, here it is the burying him. And so we're talking about here, his life and, and death right in that whole, you know, statement that they're bringing to him. So anyway, so that's kind of, you know, a sneak peek into next week. We're going to get into a little bit more of the prophecy of Jesus fulfillment and um, you know, our, Matthew's goal and our goal is just to prove without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is who he says he is. He is worthy of our praise. And, um, and, and uh, we are just honored that God would give us the opportunity to talk about him. And, uh, and you know, we're honored that you guys will listen to us and, and uh, just be able to hear what God is doing, uh, you know, all around the world in this, in this context. And, and so we just want to share uh, today that if you've never given your life to the Lord, um, today's the day. You know, today is today you have the opportunity to be able to just say, you know what, I believe, I, I believe I, I, like like the, the Magi, your eyes were open to the light, you know, and, and today was the day that God revealed to you that he is the true Messiah, that he did die, uh, that he was born as a as a, uh, a, in a vir- as a virgin birth and that he died on the cross and, you know, for our sins and and uh, that by us believing in him, that we will have eternal life. And, and, uh, and not only that, that he rose from the grave. I mean, think about it. Because he was divine, he was flesh, so he had to die. The flesh had to die. The, the flesh had to go bye-bye. And then, and then, and then he, was, he was a new creation. That's what happens to us. We become divine. Um, once, we, once we die to ourselves and we accept Jesus in our heart, the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us. We then become a new creation in Christ. We become divine. The Bible says now when we die, this is when we're absent from the body, we then become present with the Lord. Our, our bodies are, are dead. It goes into the ground, but we become alive and resurrected with Jesus. And if he didn't do that, then we would not be able to uh, live with him for all eternity. We would, we would go to hell for all eternity. Um, but if you accept Jesus today, the Bible says it's clear that you will then take on his, the new creation. You would take on the new character of Christ. You will be transformed and, and uh, you can live a new life. You can live a life that's now controlled by him. You can live a life that's now has the freedom that he offers us because he is fully in control. No, we no longer have to fix the problems of the world. We can now trust that God is going to fix the problems of the world. And so if that's you, just all you need to do is just bow your heart and your head and just say, God, forgive me of my sins. Lord, come into my life. I believe that you died and rose again on the third day. I believe that you did this so that I can have eternal life. And I choose today to serve you. I choose today to, to, to worship you the rest of my life. And I do that in Jesus' name. And, and if that's, that's the case, the, the Bible says now all the angels in heaven are rejoicing. They're, they're having a party in your name. And, and the Bible then tells us that we need to go share this now with people. Don't just keep this to yourself. You want to be able to share this. You want others to be able to witness this with you, that God has come into your life and share Jesus with them and let them know, whoever it is, moms, dads, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, 
friends, whatever it is, let them know. And we would love to hear about it as well. And so um, just reach out to us. Bob, how could they hear about it? Yeah, the first thing we can do is go to our website, riotpodcast.co.co. And uh, we have tons of resources there, ways to uh, just reach out to us and communicate with us. But we also have tons of social media sites. You can go to Twitter, you can go to YouTube, you can go to uh, Facebook. Uh, And if you go to YouTube, oh, what was that? Rumble? Is that the new one? Rumble? Rumble, yeah. All right. So check us out there as well. But if you're on YouTube, I'm going to ask that you uh, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, and share it with somebody. So this gift that Pete has just been talking about, it gets better as you give it away. So the more you can give it away, the greater the gift becomes. So don't, you know, don't be afraid to to do that. It's, uh, man, it's just, it's just amazing. It's amazing. Pete, what another, another great show. I would just encourage our listeners to share the show with somebody, whether it's on their, if they're listening to a podcast, share it that way. If they're watching us on YouTube, share it that way. So however you're consuming this, uh, this podcast, share it with somebody. And next week, Pete, is our Christmas episode. I am so excited. It is almost Christmas time already. And uh, it's going to be an an amazing show, I'm sure, as we wrap up this uh, this kind of little journey through the beginning of Matthew and the, the, the Christmas story, man, I've learned so much already, Pete. Thanks for, you know, thanks for the idea and diving. In. I'm glad the Holy Spirit put this on you. Uh, Cause it's been, it's been quite a journey, but guys, we love you and uh, look forward to coming and talking to you again next week. Have an amazing Christmas season. God bless. Yeah. May the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you as you just continue to journey daily with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. God bless you guys. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.